0: offering we can't bring it in this morning but you can go online there's a couple of different ways there's an address that will be published and then also you can send it to cfgf at mymts.net as an e-transfer either way it will get to us you will be receipted for it and we're just going to bless god for times of prosperity even during a time when the world is telling us it's all shutting down so let's pray Father, I just want to thank you right now for the opportunity that we have to release the tithe and the offering to your kingdom. I thank you, Father, that it is a system of finances that you have installed, that you are watching over, and that you cause to perform the way it ought to. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with all spiritual blessings, that you have blessed us with physical blessings, and that we can return a portion of that with which you have blessed us back to you just as a devotion to you. So this morning, Father, I pray that every person that releases would just be blessed over and over again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we are here this morning, and some of you may think it's a little bit early for my message, but my message this morning is entitled, Getting Ready for Christmas. Now, I know that may seem to a lot of people it's only November. Why are we talking about Christmas? Is that all we can think about? And yet, you know, in a normal year, if there is such a thing, a lot of children's groups would already be have decided on the children's Christmas program. The leaders would already be trying to decide who would take which part, what would be done, how it was going to happen. All of the Christmas bakers would already have their fruitcakes busy aging and getting ready. Everything would be going... Full swing. The shopping malls will have the decorations out. The Christmas shopping would be well underway, and some people would already be starting to say, Well, you know, I'm finished for this year. Gatherings would have been getting planned, and the list goes on. So, really, we would say it's only the end of November, and yet it is a time where we should be starting to think about what's going to be happening and starting to think about the fact that Christmas is just around the corner. Now, because we are living in a time right now where so many of the normal activities are being restricted or even suspended. We should really take some extra time preparing for Christmas, starting a little earlier and working on it maybe a little more diligently. See, where we are in a position where we need to focus more than ever on the true meaning of Christmas, what Christmas really means to us. We need to step back from all of our regular activity and evaluate what Jesus' birthday does mean to us. Now, the celebrations will be different this year, we know that. Gathering sizes will most likely be restricted to numbers that don't allow for the average family in this area to meet all at once. The mandatory mask use is already causing its own fears and debates. How do we focus on Jesus when there's so much of this stuff going on? What can we learn during this time? Well, maybe the separation and the isolation will help us understand what people whose without close family connections, feel like at Christmas. You know, many times when people move into this community, one of the things that we have heard is that they feel that nobody really has time for them because people are so busy with their own families. It's a good time to make that extra step and to say, we want to invite someone. We want to make sure that someone from the area enjoys a Christmas that they would not have expected to have. Maybe we'll be able to move with compassion towards them Maybe this year we will be able to evaluate on how much of what we do has become a substitution for the true meaning of Christmas, how much of the activity, how much of the stuff that we keep ourselves so busy with really has nothing to do with Christmas, it's just the way we like to celebrate it. If nothing else, it might help us to trust Christ for his peace in our lives, in spite of whatever else comes our way, to be able to focus on Christ and say this is the reason we're here. See, when we operate in the peace of Christ, we will have an easier time releasing his love. When we don't have peace, it becomes more about us. In Philippians 4 and verse 7, it says, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, I want us to notice a couple of little things. One of the first things a point pops out to me of this verse is, Paul states that this peace is not just for our hearts. He says it is the peace that is to affect our hearts and our minds, that they are both supposed to be at peace. While our minds can either work for us or against us, when working for us, our minds can always look for the best and always bring hope into every situation. Our minds can be our strongest ally that we can ever hope for because faith needs hope to bring something to pass. Now if our minds have hope, then this is hope can attach, our faith is the substance of things hoped for, so that faith can attach to that hope and bring it into this realm for us. When our minds work against us, they can be an unusually strong enemy because the thoughts that hit our mind, the thoughts that enter into our mind will often try to sink into our hearts and become part of who we are. So when our minds are working against us, We can find a problem in every situation we face. It can seem to everybody else would be rejoicing and saying how great this is, and yet when the mind is working against us, our mind will find that cloud behind that silver lining. See, we can decide what we will focus on, though, although it will take training our minds. The problem arises when our thoughts just run wild and go whichever direction they choose to go. Well if we want to enter this Christmas season with the peace and the joy then we're going to have to discipline ourselves, guard our minds and control our thoughts. Now just because this Christmas is different than usual, different than what we're used to does not mean that all is bad or that all is lost. We live in a negative society. Bad news sells so that's what we get. The problem is that too much of the Christian world, who should have good news to bring, gets stuck on that very negative cycle also. Far too often when we meet, we hear the latest gossip. We hear about how people have been, or have people rushing to tell us reports of trouble or reports of strife, instead of bringing the good news of what God is doing. Now added to this, Satan constantly bombards our mind with negative thoughts. He'll bring all manner of imaginations to our mind, trying to fill us with anxiety so that we cannot experience the peace that God wants us to have. Now, it's the easiest way he has to try and to destroy us. The devil specializes in fear. He will try to torment with worrisome, fearful thoughts. Now, unlike the Holy Spirit, the devil is not a gentleman, and once we start to meditate on his fearful thoughts, it opens the door for him and his work. If we offer even the smallest glimmer, the slightest crack of opening up to the negativity, he'll kick that door wide open. And that's why the Bible says in Ephesians 4 and 27, neither give place to the devil. So we cannot entertain the enemy's thoughts because they will grow and start to dominate our thought lives. No matter how hard it seems, we need to realize that if we live in, or give in, and start, med- start meditating on a negative thought, we're going to be defeated. Fear is a spirit it will get a grip on us if we allow it to. Now, thank God we don't have to fear. We don't have to worry. We don't have to let our minds get cluttered up with all of the garbage thoughts. If we keep our thoughts focused on the right things, on life, our Father will deliver us and keep us in perfect peace. In Philippians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul tells us how to deal with the negative thoughts. And I'm going to turn to verse 6 and 7. It says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So Paul wrote it, but really it's God speaking to us through Paul's pen, saying he doesn't want us to be worried, he doesn't want us anxious about anything. When a problem shows up, God does not want us to panic and running around like Chicken Little, crying that the sky is falling down. He wants us to pray. He wants us to make our requests known to him. He wants us to be able to boldly say, Father, this is what's happening, or this is what I need and he could be right there to help us. But after Paul told us to be careful for nothing but to make a request known to the Lord, he gave us specific instructions of what God wants us to do to keep our minds, or wants us to keep our minds trained on. In Philippians 4, verse 8, it says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, then think on these things. Obviously, things are not always lovely. We face situations where we go, man, there is nothing lovely to be found in this place. Not everything and not everybody we meet will always be true, honest. Not everything we do will have a good report. And yet Paul says, don't dwell on those negative things. So when these things happen, we can choose now to let them totally take our whole attention, let those things consume us, or we can choose to say, this has happened, but there's good behind it. Think about the things that will build you up instead of tearing you down. The things that will energize you instead of destroying you. Think about all of the good things that God has done for you, all of the promises that he has given you in his word. Focus on the positive things in life. As we prepare for a Christmas that is different than most of us have ever experienced before, are the good things of God filling our thoughts, or are we concerned, worried, fretting about how different it will be? Are we concentrating on all of the blessings that we still have? Are we complaining about how inconvenienced we're going to be? See, are we rejoicing that our family has not been seriously impacted by this virus? Or angry because they might not be able to come and visit us at Christmas? Are we recognizing that health has been good for most of us? That most of us have been moving through this situation and through this virus and saying, you know... I'm good, all is well. Are we so worried about, oh, we have to wear a mask that we cannot enjoy the good things that God has blessed us with? Are we rejoicing that we have such excellent facilities for those that need care? When someone is old or when someone has been affected with some disease, are we rejoicing that there's such excellent facilities and such dedicated caregivers Or are we upset because we can't go see somebody that's in care? Are we seeing all the new and the good possibilities? Or are we looking at all the difficulties, the challenges, the obstacles that we have to learn to work around or to get past? I know as a pastor, one of the things that can be concerning is the fact that we cannot meet with people in the church building. So the building sits here empty on a Sunday morning, and I would love to see it filled. I would love to be able to address each person. And yet I'm excited that when I look at the YouTube, or the uh, sorry, not the YouTube, the Facebook channel, and I see how many views we have had and how we've had people from around the world that are able to click on. I'm encouraged when I see people make comments and say how they've enjoyed the message, there's different things that it has done. I'm encouraged to know that even though we cannot meet with people like we're used to, we can end up reaching people in a much greater sphere than we ever did before. And we look at those things and say, God, just bless whatever we can do. Because we do know that the Scripture says God will bless everything that we lay our hands to. So if we want to sit there and lay our hands to the negativity and cry and complain and moan and groan because it's not the way we have, and once that gets blessed, in another word we could put in place, there is multiplied. Where are we going to find ourselves? Where we say, Father, we want to thank you that you have given us greater opportunities. You've given us new opportunities. You have caused us to have to move outside the box and to think outside the box. We have to look beyond what we did before. It's not like the world has shut down completely. At this point, they're saying we can still meet with up to five people. I can see very quickly that Christmas gathering will look different with five people or less. But we may have the opportunity to spend more time with different people over a longer period of time. We're going to have to see how that all works out and how we can look back one day and say, well, you know, we made it. It worked. A little bit of turkey went here and a little bit of turkey went there. It all works out in the long run. See, some people are just busy thinking about their own faults and their own weaknesses also. And at Christmas is often a time where people start thinking, well, you know, I've blown this or I've blown that or this isn't happening. They focus on all their past mistakes and they start worrying about the what-ifs of life. What if this goes wrong? What if that happens? See, when we are consumed with those things and we are focused on the wrong reality... It is impossible to experience victory when our minds are always concentrating on thoughts of defeat. We cannot think thoughts of weakness and expect strength. We cannot think thoughts of confusion and fear and expect peace. And yet when we allow confusion and fear to run rampant and bring all the hosts of the others along, it happens. The fear sets in, the confusion sets in. The mind is unable to even separate after a while the good from the bad. So what should we be thinking about? Hebrews 12, verse 2 and 3 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down on the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. So this Christmas season, this Christmas time, when the enemy tries to fill our minds with anxiety and fear, we need to be reminded to look to Jesus and to think about the love that he had for us, to think about what he endured for us, the shame of the cross. See, when we're fixed on what Jesus did, the Bible teaches, we will not be growing weary and faint in our own minds, when we're fixed on what we all feel is the erosion of our rights or the erosion of our privileges or the erosion of our desires, when we're fixed on how I'm missing out, and as Christians, that's the last thing we should be thinking about. We should be thinking about how can we be here to help the people around us experience the peace that we have through Christ. But when we get focused on my rights and my desires and my wants, The peace leaves because we're not getting to live the way we want to live. We're being told now certain things have to change. God has not changed. Nobody can legislate God changing. So we fixed on Jesus. We don't grow weary, we don't grow faint in our own minds. When we think about the separation and the pain that he endured so that we could be reconciled to God, then it makes our temporary separation from our loved ones pale in comparison. When we think that Jesus gave up the glories of heaven to come to earth, he gave up the holiness of the Almighty Father to come live among sinful flesh. He gave up his throne to move to a stable or to be born in a stable then most of us have not yet experienced anything when we realize what he has done in comparison. So when we're meditating on God's promises and we're thinking about the good things, we're not going to have time to worry and complain, to get discouraged and depressed. We will be filled with a good report, the report of God's word. Now God's word says that all things are working together for my good. So even though I don't enjoy this at time, and even though I may be praying and saying, Father, end it soon, the word still says that God is working all things together for my good. So I can thank God that he has not forgotten me during this season, that he is doing a work in my heart, that He's doing a work in me that I may not even know that I needed. But I can thank Father that he knows me, and that he knows me well enough and loves me enough to watch over me. See, the Bible also tells that there is no temptation overtaken me, but such as is common to man. But that God is faithful, will not suffer me to be tempted above that I am able to bear. So as I keep looking to him, I know that my strength comes from him, my hope comes from him. I can rejoice in my tribulation, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, patience experience, experience hope. I can rejoice knowing that my Father has not given up on me nearly as often as I have given up on me. He continues to be there. He continues to hold, to reach, and to say, Come, my child, come one step closer. God's report says nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. Not a pandemic, not a mask, nothing. His report says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So, nothing that can cause me to fail unless my mind gives up and causes my heart to fail now throughout the bible god's report says it shall come to pass to me that means that this time and this trial this problem that we're going through right now has not come to stay it has come to pass because we always triumph in christ according to second corinthians 2 and verse 14 So every time you start feeling depressed with what's happening, don't wrestle with those thoughts in the mental realm. Draw on the word of God that is on the inside of you. Keep your thoughts focused on what God says, and you will be surprised at how quickly you can be surrounded with his presence, how quickly your heart and your mind can be filled with God's peace. See, we may well look back one day and say Christmas 2020 was the best one ever. We may not, but we may. So let's turn it to the Father and say, Father, you show me, you teach me. You lead me through this time and you reveal your plans to me. And then help me to become obedient to your plan for me, in Jesus' name. So Father, we just close this morning thanking you for your faithfulness. You have not wavered, you have not changed, your promises remain the same. So, Father, we reach in faith and hold on to the word that you have spoken. We refuse to allow any of these things to move us because we have the foundation of your word under our feet. So as we give you praise this morning, Father, we just release your presence into all of the areas in our hearts and in our lives that have been fighting or battling. We release your presence, and we thank you, Father, that you cause the crooked ways to become straight, that you cause, Father, doors to open where there was no doors before, that you cause your glorious presence, Father, to bring us peace and joy and happiness, that we can be a light to the risen Savior in a world that so desperately needs good news. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.